Hello, fabulous friends, fans, and superstars. Welcome to Synchronicity Web TV. I am your host, and yes, your astrologer as well, Nadia Shah. Thank you so much for being here. This is your moment of synchronicity. And back with us once again, my dear friend, the person that I consider my astrologer, the one, the only, the great Michael Barwick. Now, Michael and I are gonna be talking about two things in particular today. One very important thing is we are recording this as Pluto stations. Pluto slows right down to a standstill, is officially going to go retrograde on the 27th, I believe, of April. And so we're going to talk about that, what that means for us personally, what that could mean for us collectively. Now, this is one of the modern planets, but Michael is also teaching a class with Synchronicity University on traditional techniques, traditional techniques for the 21st century astrologer. And right now, as we're recording this, we've got about six days left of choose your tuition rate as low as just $5 a class, which is pretty much unheard of where it comes to a class on traditional astrology. So we are gonna to touch on that as well. But I did this whole much more extended talk with Michael where he talked all about the different classes that he's gonna be teaching in this five part course coming up very, very soon. So Michael, thank you for being here. Thank you for being back. I adore you. I love you. You know that. Ah, uh, well, I love you too, Nadia. It's always a pleasure to be with you on Synchronicity TV. Oh, Synchronicity Web TV. Synchronicity maybe, Web TV. Maybe it'll be in traditional TV uh, at some point, but look, I am so Aquarian. I love that we can use these technologies and just be out there connecting with people. It's very exciting. Indeed, yes. It's great yeah. to be with you and it's great to be talking about one of my favorite of the new planets, Pluto. Pluto, yes. Pluto is not traditional. Pluto is modern, no. very modern, yes. Pluto, of course, is one of my favorite planets of the modern planets, so discovered it. It's, it, I had a teacher who had reluctance about even using Pluto when I first started studying astrology uh, in the community back in the 80s. There was, even then, there was still sort of a reluctance to sort of see, well, we've got to sort of watch Pluto a little bit more and see, you know, what its influence is and, and is it really like everybody else? Uh, so it's always been sort of a somewhat controversial planet and um, it's just the time period in which it was discovered is so interesting. You know, the 1930s with, you know, the gang, the, the, the underworld, organized crime, uh, nuclear technology, all of those things, those sort of that whole kind of understanding of the deeper under, underpinning of things. Uh, Pluto is tied to all of that. Yeah, World War II, the cruelty that we hadn't seen yeah. before. Yeah. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, so there was so much happening with the discovery of Pluto and in world events. But one thing we can say is with Pluto, uh, you know, he, he makes you look at what you don't want to look at, what you reject, the shadow, as they like to say, right? Well, you have to, you, Pluto confronts you with your own garbage. And at a certain point, the garbage has to be taken out. I mean, this is part of, this is part of life. I mean, on a large, more macro scale, it's, you know, recycling, right? The whole idea that garbage not only has to be taken out, but has to be managed so that in fact, um, you know, the environment can be maintained and, and looked after. So Pluto relates to those themes. It's just that, so for many, for many of us, when confronted by our garbage, it's the last thing that we wanna deal with. And so of course we get 
you know, we get dragged kicking and screaming into doing it as opposed to sort of more uh, voluntarily and more creatively engaging. Well, you know, maybe it's time for me to do a death edit on my stuff and get rid of those books, get rid of those papers, get rid of those, the junk that accumulates. Um, right, all that heavy, icky stuff that we hold on to, like tooth and nail. Pluto's like, right. yeah, let's let's wash it out, right? Pluto is the bowel movement, if I can be yes. <laughs> Yeah, if I can well, be really is. explicit about it, yeah. Well, it's also about being born too. And that's the, that's the rejuvenating piece of it, right? That the idea that you've given, a, once you, you surrender this to this, the recycling piece of it, you surrender to the fact that you have to face up to your own dirt, your own garbage, your own crap, and you do something about it. Pluto respects those, respects that kind of, that kind of initiative. I, I think for many people, it's as simple as a Pluto transit. I need to do deep therapy. I need to sort of confront some of the deeper issues in my own psyche that have always tortured me. And now is a time to dig into those, particularly if you're having Pluto to the moon or sun, you know, a, a strong placement. Um, then of course, it can be a time to sort of dig into yourself and 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 provide sort of resolution and and healing, not easy, but 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 ultimately transformative and ultimately um, cathartic and and renewing and freeing up of potential energy for other avenues and aspects of your life. For someone who has had several Pluto conjunctions in, okay, we can say in my lifetime, but even just in the last few years, in the last fifteen years, I had Pluto conjunct my Moon. And then I had Pluto conjunct my Venus. And right now, as we speak, this Pluto station is happening exactly on top of my Mercury. And so what oh. would you, I know, right? Look, and it's a seventh house Mercury too. So what would you advise somebody? This Pluto is stationing at 26, 26 of Capricorn right now, as we speak. When a planet is hit by Pluto, when it engages with the Plutonian energy, it is a signal that that particular channel of the person's expression requires transformation of some kind. It's like they know, clients know that that area of their life is stuck in some way and that they need to, they need to face up to things. They need to face up to, to whatever it is that that planet represents for them. So in the case of Mercury, it's very much about, you know, your thinking, your intellectual processes. Uh, and what I tell people who are, uh, you know, that that transit is coming into that they they need they need materials that help to transform the way they think. So it could be some kind of research project. It could be writing a book. It could be taking a course. It could be, you know, journaling in a particular way. It could be any any particular methodology by which you invoke Mercury to uh, to engage the process of change, of looking at the way you think about things, your mental set and so forth. I think that's so powerful. Actually, one of the most recent, most important lessons that's come up for me is how important it is to focus my mind, to focus my mental energy, how much my own mental energy uh, shows up in terms of what I create or co-create with the universe, if you will. And I know that with Pluto, surrender is really important because it's about fate in many ways. It's about saying, you know what, universe, whatever you want, because it's when you try to control things that you can make things harder on yourself. 
but it's been yeah. very interesting to me to observe and to see how much my own mind interacts with my lived experience, how much my own mind is part of manifesting my lived experience. And I think that may be one of the big lessons for me anyways, where it comes to Pluto being conjunct, station conjunct, <laughs> which makes it that much more powerful, mm. my Mercury. And so when a planet is changing directions, it is especially close to the earth, is it not? Its energies are considered especially magnified. Right. I, I mean, when we're dealing with a, a planet, the outer planets like Pluto, Pluto is is retrograde for almost six months of the year mm -hmm. and it only moves a few degrees back and forth. So, you know, from 26 to 24, anybody who's got anything there in Capricorn or there in yeah, Aries or there yeah. in Cancer or there in Libra, particularly with the, the hard, you know, the hard aspects of the squares and the oppositions. Um, but anybody who's got, you know, anything there is going to feel Pluto uh, who, who went over those points once uh, is now coming back and will touch them again. And, and uh, that provides yet another opportunity for transformation. And when you say anything there, what Michael means is that any planet you have around 26 degrees in your chart, any planet in any sign around 26 degrees, is connecting with that Pluto, is having a conversation with that Pluto. If you've got a planet in an Earth sign around 26, it's a trine. If you've got it in one of the cardinal signs that Michael mentioned, it's a square or an opposition. Um, and so there's some type of connection or communication taking place there. But yes, that energy is visiting you. When it's an easy aspect, it's an easier integration. When it's a hard aspect, it can be more challenging to have to look at, to have to address. It can be more frustrating. Uh, when it's a conjunction, it can be overwhelming. So it's important to be really gentle with yourself, especially with Pluto. Yeah, the, the Capricorns in particular that I've watched go through uh, Pluto, because of course Pluto has been in Capricorn for a while and this is, you know, uh, we're getting towards the end of it. Uh, the Pluto and Capricorn individual uh, who receives it to their son is, you know, there's a profound confrontation with self. Different manifestations in terms of pressures being placed upon them from in the external world, but inevitably it's about a confrontation with self and a need for their circumstances and their life to change in some fundamental ways. And I think, I think that 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 um, the astrology enthusiast often gets so concerned about, oh no, it's a Pluto transit, when instead of looking at it, oh great, it's a Pluto transit, it's an opportunity to take out the garbage, to transform, to give birth to something. I mean, that's Pluto's hobbies too. It's not just about bleeding and dying. It's also about, you know, uh, giving birth and being born. So it's being reborn into something higher, something more pure. So I think, I think the Pluto Pluto uh, is that op represents that opportunity and respects uh, in some ways more so is easier to work with than Uranus or Neptune because Pluto respects the facing of your darkness, of your own dirt, of confronting your own shadow. And if you're prepared to do that honestly and, and go into sort of the alembic of transformation of looking at it and dealing with the heat and the energy of it, that um, uh, you can come out of the process uh, such a, a renewed and, and uh, new person with greater 
potency and potential? Well, I will say that my Pluto conjunctions that I've had over the last 15 years that went on for way, way too long. Yes, they were tough. And yet, and yet, yeah, you're so right. Like what ended up on the other side of it um, was real. Like that's the thing with Pluto. Like what you end up with is free of the superficial. You know, it's right. free of, you know, what you think you want, what you think it's supposed to be. And it's you, it's authentically you. And so in many ways, I would not trade those Pluto conjunctions, even though they were hard in the Pluto conjunction I'm having right now. It needs to happen. Like, you, I mean, you have to look at the, in terms of it, it needs to happen. It's like, I, I had a client just recently who was having Pluto, who's about to have Pluto uh, go over her Mercury. And, and very much it's about discussing how, you know, um, in her case, how she was doing this particular specialized training that was changing her, uh, professional direction in terms of how she was thinking about herself and the role that she was preparing to undertake uh, in the world, a new professional world, a role for herself that was Plutonian. Uh, you know, I won't get into the specifics of her chart or her circumstances, but it represents the, the, the a deepening energy, an energy that goes into core, into source, into the roots of things. And and uh, it's fascinating what one can dig up, what can come to the surface, and what can be realized under Pluto. Uh, so what, sure. does this, what do you think this energy means for the collective? Because look, this is happening on Tuesday. On Monday, we've got a full moon in Scorpio, which is the sign connected to Pluto. But not only that, a wild card energy thrown in there. This full moon is a super full moon opposite Uranus. Holy yeah. cow. Like, I think that's the only way to put it. Holy cow. I'm a little bit like, oh, okay. You know, but you got it. The thing is with these planets, with these intense energies, it's like you, you feel compelled to engage them. Like all of these energies right. are saying, surrender, turn it over, don't do anything, just go with the flow. And yet we are compelled to engage them. Like I know I am very compelled to engage them. So what are some of your thoughts with this Pluto station and for the collective in light of the fact that it's happening under the light of a super full moon uh, that has well, such a I, you know, I don't know if it's particularly this engagement, but I, you know, the, I, what I'm re reflecting upon is that so many, so many of us are now have mutated or are very shortly in the process of literally mutating, right? We're all being, you know, those of us who are getting the vaccine are having our bodies literally changed because of the novel, introdu the introduction of a novel foreign entity that our immune system is gonna have to contend with. I'm watching, my partner got uh, a shot just recently and I watched him go through the his responses to this, you know, his system suddenly having to deal with, we've never seen this before, and the freak out that ensued, right, in terms of the response to it, the few days. Many of us are literally mutating. I've watched my, my partner respond to his inoculation, and it's like the system is dealing with something new. I mean, they don't call it a novel coronavirus for nothing. It's something we haven't seen before, and our system in terms of dealing with it, whether we get it, whether we get the vaccine or whether we're dealing with just the whole the whole societal effects of what the pandemic has done to us we're all dealing with the fact that 
the world is in mutation, in going from one state into another. I mean, it's all part and parcel of the what we talked about earlier with Uranus Saturn in a way. Like it's 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 all sort of this, I see it very much like we're in this tunnel and we're going through this this shift from one thing to another. And we don't really know what the other side is, but we want to be where we want to be somewhere other than where we are. And and yet we're still in this place of liminality. We're not through the threshold into the new order yet, whatever that will be, whatever that new, new normal, that great reset will look like for all of us. That is yet to sort of be determined. Yeah, that might be Pluto and Aquarius that, that shows us what the next thing is for us as a collective. But for right now, Pluto station, Pluto station, 26 Capricorn, how do you see that uh, showing up in the collective for us? Well, I think generally speaking that that the Plutonian energy, which which uh, has been more outgoing now will flow more inwardly. So it'll be a more introverted expression on a on a very general sort of collective level. So Pluto and Capricorn, what people have been going through, which may have been sort of more, more overt, more pressing, more external, will suddenly become more about the internal penny dropping of what's been going on over the last six months in particular. Um, so, I mean, we're all going to be facing something of that. We all relate to the Pluto cycle, you know, in a very general way, but it's more specifically going to be important to people who are having powerful transits with Pluto between 24 26 Capricorn right now and whether they're in the beginning parts of it or, or the finishing up parts of it uh, in terms of their own personal journey with the uh, with the planet and with the transit that it's uh, providing them and of course because it is in Capricorn we're looking at power and power structures well I mean I, I this is this is in general what we see with uh, Pluto going through a sign is that that it shows us kind of the shadow or the underpinning exactly. of underbelly yes of of perhaps what neptune glamorized when it went through the sign so when neptune went through capricorn it was very much the the glamour of the reagan presidency and the the entrepreneurial chicness and uh, it was sort of captured by Huey Lewis in the news and the song Hip to be Square, right? The whole sort of the, the change of the ethos was around this very uh, conservative framework. Um, and Pluto through this sign has sort of been showing us, yeah, but look at what corporations do, look what big government does, look at, look at the shadow of these institutions in terms of their impact. And people are responding differently in terms of how they're seeing um, they're seeing negative, negative um, impressions or negative outputs from these organizational structures in the world, whether we're talking about systematized racism or whether we're talking about, about um, oppress oppressive governments or whether we're talking about um, just the whole, the fact that the very, very environment is changing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and corporations, yes, absolutely. The corporate world and how, how it's driven by uh, its singular, single, uh, largely single uh, interest in finance and money, making money. Not that there's anything wrong about making money, no, but you know that. that I think. But anything on. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say anything unchecked is, is a bad thing. Yeah. 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 
Um, but the, 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 the look is to see sort of the underpinning of, of what those things do. Now, when we get to Pluto and Aquarius, it'll be more about, you know, the social, social uh, dimensions of that. And that, that'll be a different kettle of fish to talk about. But Pluto and Capricorn is very much about these are the hierarchical structures. These are the shadows that they make uh, in our world. And these are how they need to be transformed, how they need to be readjusted, how they need to be reworked and rethought to make them truly structures that are supporting our lives. Capricorn should be about the structures that support life. That's what it should be about. And to the degree that it isn't that, and the degree that the structures in our life are not that, the institutions in our world are not that, is the, is the degree to which we will see the shadow of them. And we will see, most importantly, how they need to be reformed, rethought, reworked, and re-examined, and re-implemented, and re-managed. That's, that's the Pluto thing. That's, that's the opportunity to take you know, this powerful dimension of our lives and, and rework it collectively. And there seems to be a lot of understanding that, that out there that the world and the way it's been running things up to now has got to change on a lot of levels. So I think uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's a period of, of greater reflection rather than more direct action around Plutonian things, but nevertheless, um, it, uh, it reflects a time of, of Plutonian, Plutonian growth and Plutonian development in these last few degrees of Capricorn. Well, it is a powerful time. Uh, and so just before you go, Michael, your class, your class is coming up very soon. It starts yes, next week. Yes, I'm so, I'm so excited. I'm, you know, working away at preparing material. Um, it's, it's, uh, uh, you know, much of this material I have presented before, but some of it is is new content I've always wanted to deliver to talk about because I've been researching it for a long time. So so it's it's um, it's exciting to be able to give people the tools to be to to boil down a chart from this traditional perspective and extract uh, powerful information from a new, a more nuanced understanding of how the chart is manifesting itself. And sometimes it's very sort of, um, yeah, I'm not surprised by that, but sometimes it's very surprising what emerges from a traditional, uh, an application of traditional ideas and, and, and perspectives on, on how the chart uh, functions. And also may answer some questions about why some charts don't behave in quite the way that that you might envision from a more modern perspective. And um, it's so exciting. So you are gonna be teaching five classes right now as this publishes, there are about five or six days left to choose their tuition rate as low as just $5 a class, five classes for $25, which is incredible. Uh, you just can't get that lower rate for a class on traditional astrology. So very quickly, what are the class topics? We have fundamentals of traditional astrology is your first class, right? Right, and then the, the second one is about essential dignity, which tells us about planetary strength as it relates to its position in the zodiac, like if it's at a particular degree in a sign, what does that mean in terms of its strength from that position? Then we look at the equivalent from the house perspective, what do houses do in terms of influencing uh, planetary expression? 
Then um, we have the lecture on temperament, which is a way of assessing the chart as a whole, sort of from the traditional perspective and understanding the kind of biophysical uh, condition that the you know medieval uh, doctors would have understood when they looked at somebody's chart to sort of evaluate it from the perspective of um, an astromedical type of uh, viewpoint, and we'll compare that to what elements and qualities tell us that is are more familiar to modern students. And then finally, we'll look at the the Arabic parts or the lots as they were they were originally known as, and focusing particularly on the part of fortune and the part of spirit, which is, uh, which is and why and how they get confused and why the part of spirit is, is so important in a person's chart in particular, I really want to stress. I mean, a lot of people know about the part of fortune, but they don't realize that, that it's tied, you, you really can't talk about the part of fortune unless you know the part of spirit, like they really are tied together. It's so exciting. I'm so excited to learn from you again. Thank you so much. I know you're going to be coming back to Synchronicity University. So for everybody out there, synchronicityuniversity.com, where you can sign up for Michael's class as low as just $5 a class until the end of April. Link is in the description below or go to synchronicityuniversity.com. Michael, I love you. I adore you. I, I send you big virtual hugs from Mexico City, where I am right now, and you're in Toronto. But we are forever connected. And uh, Michael has been part of my life. For about how long now like something like 15 years or 12 years or something like that at least but um near and dear to my heart always and he is my astrologer and so to have michael uh to share michael with you not only on my youtube channel but also with synchronicityuniversity.com is just such a, like i just feel that it is the best of what uh synchronicity university can be so Thank you, Michael. Just thank you for all of it, for your time today, for coming back to Synchronicity University, for teaching at my school, all of it. And I'm really excited to learn from you again. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure as always. And thank you everybody for watching. And until we connect again, take care. Bye.